0: Hi I'm John White, a specialist in Indo-European mythology, and today we are going to look at the origin and age of the flood myths, sometimes referred to as the diluvian myths. On every continent there are flood myths, the oldest written story in human history includes a flood myth, and because of this there is much misunderstanding about where these myths started and how old they are. Theories that it is to do with the raising of sea levels from the last ice age, to the sudden climate change affected by the Younger Dryas period, And some even think it was caused by God, or the death of a magical creature. Well, today I'm going to give you an answer on where it started, and its age, based on academic studies, an answer that will almost certainly surprise you. And by the end of this video, the research we go over will also allow us to uncover one of the earliest creation myths we have, going back well into the Paleolithic period, and so over 10,000 years old. I hope that sounds of interest to you, and if it does, then get comfy and grab yourself a cup of tea, because this is Crecganford. If I ask people to tell me about a flood myth? The most popular answer I get back is one based on the Biblical story of Noah's Ark, found in the book of Genesis and written around the early 5th century BCE. But there are other flood myths across the world such as the Indic flood myth, in which Manu is the sole survivor of a flood. Which was probably written in the sixth century BCE, and we mustn't leave out the Greeks, who have flood stories written as far back as Hesiod's Theogony, in the eighth century BCE. They also have the Kalians myth, which is the Greek equivalent of Noah's Ark, where Zeus plans to destroy all of humanity with a flood, and the Kulian builds well an ark. We also have a flood myth in Zoroastrian religion, where Yima remains in his palace as the world is destroyed written around the 12th century BCE in the Vestas, and many of you would be aware of the Epic of Gilgamesh, which was written around the 20th century BCE, and is currently humanity's oldest known written story, and it comes from Mesopotamia. And then we have what some consider at the moment the oldest flood myths told by First Nation Australians, although it is difficult to date these with any accuracy, although today we will place them in the timeline of flood myths, and what we do know is just by looking at this list, is that many places have these flood myths, and some of these are very old indeed. But there are also flood myths hidden in plain sight, sometimes they change as the flood myths of Africa, where there is some speculation that many may well have been replaced by the myth of the devouring Calabash. Or within the Prose Edda, the book of Old Norse mythology, where readers may have overlooked that when the death of Ymir is written about at the start of creation, and Ymir is the equivalent of Yemo in Indo European mythology, well, it says, And when Ymir fell, so much blood flowed from his wounds that with it drowned all of the Yutnar, except one that escaped with his household giants call him Burglmir. He and his wife went to his ark and were saved, and from them are descended all the families of all Yudnar. And it is clear that this myth of sacrifice of the twin of creation leads to a flood myth, and has some similarities to the Biblical story, and this shouldn't be a surprise given that it was a Christian scholar, Snorri Sturluson, who wrote it, albeit supposedly directly from orally told Old Norse mythology at the time. Now on first consideration it could be argued that all these myths are related because they are all flood myths. But different flood myths have different motifs within them, and this is key to tracing the myths and understanding their sources, because it is these motifs that allow us to uniquely identify different versions of the flood myth. And if you don't understand what I mean by motif, then let me give you a few examples. So we have a motif called Bird Scout, which we see in the Biblical story where a dove is released to find land. We also have the motif called Earth Diver, where someone dives to the bottom of the sea to grab soil, and from this all land is made. Or there's a motif where a magical creature is killed, and when that happens a flood starts. And so it is motifs like these within different flood myths, which are identified to distinguish between those different flood myths all around the world. And using this information we can identify if they started or evolved from different places, and at different times, or indeed, we could understand if they started in just one place. And this is the basis of the research I am presenting in this video where statistical analysis was carried out in a process we call phylogenetics to see if we can trace motifs along the lines of human migration and diffusion over time, to find out the probability of a motif starting at a particular time and place, and where the probability of this comes back as very high, then it is very likely a candidate for being the time and place that flood motif started, and an origin for that flood myth type. And I will place information about the key reference material in this video description below for those who are skeptical about these things and want a better understanding of the research. As I mentioned earlier, similar myths have their own motifs, and these motifs can be used to identify if myths that are really related or just sound similar at a high level. The motifs we will talk about in this video were referenced from a source called Bereskin's database, which is known academically as the thematic classification and distribution of folklore and mythological motifs by area's analytical catalogue. And if you want to view this it can be found at this web address, which I will also place in the description of this video. But I must add that a knowledge of Russian will help you use it, although I believe the main index is now in English. And for those who again are sceptical about this database, we see databases used like this all the time by academics in understanding links between folklore, and so this is not an unusual thing in case you have not heard of these databases before. And if you like folklore then you should check out the Arna Thompson-Uther database, or ATU, as this is an example of this, but in English. Now back to Bereskin's database of motifs, and there are a number of motifs which are associated with the flood myth within this database and these were the ones identified and traced as part of the study I am presenting here. So what was the study that carried out the investigation into the flood myth? Well a team of researchers used some well established modelling software and statistical analysis tools to understand if these motifs of myth could have dispersed from various regions on earth, and this process is called phylogenetics, and in effect was used to reconstruct the dispersal of the flood myth from various places, using different motifs to understand the probability of a motif travelling with known population dispersals from these places. Now I'm not going to explain the details and scope of the research, as that is all available in the papers I've referenced in the description, and it is rather dull compared to getting to the answer, which I will do. But I will say that these researchers have solid credentials, are published, and have used this technique on other myths with positive and respected results. Now saying that, this research isn't without potential issues. And one of the key things we need to be aware of is when looking at how far back a myth goes, is whether it was actually spread in more recent history. And so as an example, what if Christian missionaries from Spain went to South America and spread the flood myth in the 16th and 17th centuries to local populations, and it is a version of that myth, the Biblical flood story, that the South Americans are remembering, and not a more ancient, more prehistoric version. And this hypothesis could be applied across the world, especially where Christianity spread or colonization of some kind occurred. And this is another reason why motifs are important. As by looking at the plot of the myths in those regions, we can see that many of the motifs around the world do not appear to be related to the Biblical or Islamic versions of the flood myth, although some of the flood myths amongst the first nation Americans are close, and particularly the Amerindian myths found amongst the Andamans, which suggests they may have been influenced by external sources coming to America in recent centuries, but if some of these flood myths in America were not an evolution of myths spread by Christians, then the question to ask is, were these myths spread with the first human migrations into the Americas. And if this was the case, then this would be proof then that at least some of the flood myths originate over 14,000 years ago, as that is when the last of these first migrations happened, at the end of the last ice age. And so if that was the case, then the myth must have diffused from a source outside of the Americas. And there are a number of hypotheses on that, including sources in Central Asia, Southeast Asia, or even Africa during the out of Africa migrations, although it is only in Egypt that seems a location for any of the popular flood myths or motifs. So let's look at the results of the studies and see what was found, and this research was effectively carried out over three main studies, although one just reinforced the findings of another, and so only two are really being explored here. The first is referenced in a paper called between Heaven and Earth by Dehoy and was based on all the motifs in Bereskin's database that concerned the flood. And the other study is referenced in the paper, a cosmogonic dive story from the Upper Paleolithic, which is based on using the entire section of catastrophe motifs from Bereskin's database. Over the last twenty years or so, research in this field has shown that there is a global pattern in mythological motif distribution. That corresponds roughly to a North and South hemisphere divide. And those motifs have left traces across the Southern hemisphere, and by this I'm referring to Africa, Southeast Asia, Australia, and South America, and appear on first analysis to reflect mythology carried in the first migrations out of Africa. In effect, if there is a motif in South America that is also in Africa, then one would usually expect that motif to probably be close to 70,000 years old. However, these motifs found across the northern hemisphere seem to reflect changes and developments that occurred in the mythologies of Eurasia, and then were subsequently taken across to North America during a second wave of immigration to that continent. And this conclusion can be made because we see a cluster of similar motifs in the Eurasian and North American areas, and we know that there were four major Ice Age migrations into North America through previous research and studies. And the reason we think this diffusion happened in the second migration is that this migration came from northern Eurasia, and these people seem to have assimilated a significant amount of the people who were already in North America or drove them further south, and that replaced any motifs already there, and so it could not have been part of the first migration. But the story of the flood myth doesn't end there with the data also showing that there was independent flood myth development in Eurasia which then migrated back into Africa. And this is consistent with other mythological studies, such as the cosmic hunt where we see migrations back into Africa. And I can show an overview of this with the following animation, which gives a generic overview of how we have seen myths develop, but is not reflective on any specific myth, and not of the flood myth, but this is just to explain the overall diffusion that is regularly seen with mythology. First the myth starts in Africa, represented by the pink colorization and this myth spreads across Africa, and then it spreads towards Asia, with the first major homo sapien migration out of Africa, although we do know humans had left before this time, but not in a major dispersal event. The myth then spreads into East and Central Asia, as well as Europe, before eventually covering much of Eurasia and the land towards Australia. But this is where things get interesting, we see the myth go to Australia, starting to Migrate over the Bering Strait into North America and also across Oceania into Australia and across the Pacific into South America. But also at this time, a new motif of this myth starts to appear in Eurasia, represented by the green colourisation, and this motif takes over as the main motif of the myth due to the Northern Eurasians assimilating some of the existing cultural stories. At this point, the original myth is diffusing across the Americas and Australia. the second motif is growing in Eurasia. And eventually the first myth is dominant in the Americas, Africa and Southeast Asia, and down to Australia, but the second motif is spreading across northern Eurasia and crossing the Bering Strait into America. And here the second motif starts replacing the first, before we end up in the position we see today with the Eurasia motif entering back into Africa and being dominant in North America and most of Eurasia, Whilst the first motif is in South America, Sub Saharan Africa, and Southeast Asia, and into Australia. And that is a general conception of how most myths travel. And we can see aspects of this in the results from the studies about the flood myth. So now I will look at the 10 key motifs studied, and we will see how they were probably diffused. Now when I say the motif's name, I will also use its reference from Berzakin's database in case you wish to search it up. So first there is C6 and its variants, the main one being C6D, the Earth Diver, but C6A and C6C are also included in this map as they follow the same path. The Earth Diver motif is about a person, although it is sometimes a creature like a bird or frog or turtle, who dives to the bottom of the sea, goes to the lower world, an underworld if you like, but not a place of the dead, and gets an object, often soil, and returns it to the surface where, from this object or soil, an island is made which expands and so becomes the lands of the earth, and so saving people and animals from the flood. And this motif was seen as starting in northern Eurasia, and travelling into North America. Then there is motif C2, deluge and conflagration combined, and here the world is destroyed once with fire or wind, and after this, the world is destroyed by a flood. Although, in some stories, the flood isn't always rainwater, it can be fire or boiling water. But this second effect erases the first, allowing a clean start to the world. And this motif was seen spreading from Southeast Asia into North America, as well as through Oceania and into South America. In C4, the motif of fruits fall from a tree. There is water, and sometimes a flood, and at the beginning of time, fruits or seeds or other objects fall, or dropped into the water one by one, usually by a person who has climbed a tree. And as far as the objects fall, water recedes, allowing dry land to appear. Then there is motive C34, the killing or injuring or offending of some water creature, normally with some special properties, And this then triggers a deluge which causes the flood, and this was shown as spreading from Southeast Asia to South America. We have in C5A a well known motif, and one which many will recognise from the Biblical Flood story, and it is called Bird Scouts, here birds, or humans who later change into birds, are sent to explore the earth to find out if land exists, or if there are any survivors, or if there is smoke rising to the sky and they bring some soil or vegetation back to show that the flood is receding, and that there would be good land to settle on. And in motif C8, which is known as the primeval couple of siblings, we see at the beginning of time, or after a world catastrophe, so a flood, a family of a brother and sister, or sometimes the mother and son, are the only humans left. They then have a family together, and then the rest of humanity comes from them and both motifs of C5A and C8 show distribution into North America, and finally we have C19, the acquisition of the sun, where the primeval ancestors acquire with difficulty the hidden or stolen sun or daylight as part of the myth, and alongside this is C32, called beware of cut off nails, and this is where cut off nails or hair have a special significance for the fate of the soul in the beyond or for the future of the entire world, and the soul has their nails or hair cut which then happens to lead to a flood, and both of these motifs have a north Eurasian origin. And so seeing these motifs, what can we say about the probable origin of the flood myth? Now there wasn't much data available from African regions due to the low number of flood myths told here, but the one region that did have a motif found in the flood myth had the motif we call bird scouts. Bereskin's motif C5A, the one we associate with the Biblical story. And what the study saw was that this bird scout motif is also present in Australia, a continent populated very early in the history of humanity around 60,000 years ago, and a continent that remained isolated for a long time. And this leads us to consider the possibility that this motif was carried, with the first major expansion of Homo sapiens, out of Africa, and so In all intended purposes this motif of the flood myth, and therefore the flood myth itself, could have been told in Africa before the first major migrations out of the continent, and if this is the case, then those who think that the myth was a result of the younger dryas or melting of the glacial maximum of the last ice age, are probably out by about 40-50,000 to years. But things aren't that simple. You see, And what this study actually concluded is that due to the low number of motifs related to flooding in Africa, after all there is a lack of flood myths there, and alongside this the absence of motifs commonly reconstructed at both the root of African and Southeast Asian areas meant that the hypothesis of the diffusion of flood myths with the out of Africa migrations was not supported statistically, and so Africa is probably not the source of the flood myth. Now this doesn't mean that there wasn't any motifs that came from Africa, but it is worth saying at this point, for noting at least, that as the number of motifs found was very low, and this coupled with the low number of flood myths found in Africa, that when they were found they were all from one region, and then this data, being mostly the data representing Africa would bias the statistical nature of results from an out of Africa theory if used incorrectly, and this was taken into account with the result. But what I would also say is that it is possible that this bird scout motif came from a totally different myth or story in Africa, and was then adopted into the flood myths in Eurasia before spreading, but this cannot be proven. The reconstruction of the first Amerindian motif, was concluded to be less reliable than the others as, like Africa, there is only a small number of groups, and so this could bias the data. But on top of this, due to dispersals of motif elsewhere, it also wasn't seen as a probabilistic source of flood myths. The data also suggested that Central Asia was not the source of the myth, but instead the myth travelled through this region as an intermediate step from Southeast Asia. And it is this Southeast Asia area. Where many motifs seem to stem from, as alongside the data about Central Asian motifs we see the same motifs in Oceania and South America, and this could be explained as the first human migrations happened from Southeast Asia to those places. Now this study showed correlation with the first study's results especially when the number of motifs within a myth was higher, with results indicating that a second Paleolithic migration from Northern Eurasia To North America via Northeast Asia, took these motifs there. And the conclusion we can reach with the results are that two migration events occurred in the Americas where different flood myths were brought in each time. The second migration, however, was dominant over the first, and this caused an eradication of the first flood myth from the North American continent, pushing the myth further south. And so, from the data, it is clear that the first diffusion of the mythology would have reached both North and South America, but this mythology would have only survived centrally uh, in the Southern Hemisphere. And so let's look specifically at what we can conclude from the dispersals of the motifs, including the findings of a creation myth tied up with a Flood motif. But before I do that, I would like to say that I do now have a Patreon page, if you want to support the channel to get to see behind the scenes information, an understanding of what I am researching, including options to have access to the slides and papers I use from these videos and research. So please take a look, and a big thank you to all those who support my research through this, or through the thanks button below. And so, back to the findings. The study also found a link between the motifs earth diver and fruits fall from a tree, reconstructing them to a Southeast Asian root, and it is here we can observe that there is another motif in Bereskin's database referenced as E5A called Mankind Ascends from the Underworld, and this shows that in all probability the Earth Diver motif is a transformation of this Mankind Ascends from the Underworld motif. This later motif looks like a very early creation myth, but without the creation part which may seem confusing, so let me explain the motif for you. The first people, or the first men or first women were not created, but came to the earth from the underworld, or sometimes from a small enclosure under the earth, or sometimes from its surface, such as from within a tree trunk or from under a rock. And so when this happened, many people of both sexes and different ages, or different people and different species of animals all come out. Of the Earth together, and this is used to represent the birth of humanity and life on Earth—a creation myth without any creation happening. And it is in these types of tales that only a rupture of an occlusion to a membrane of Earth or water is only due to that that will allow the appearance of life. And we see, in addition to this, that there is an inversion between the people and the animals dwelling under the Earth and the Earth itself. This is a very early form of why there is life on earth, according to a belief. And the reason we feel confident that mankind ascends from the underworld led to the earth-diver motif, and then the fruits fall from a tree, is because of the commonalities in the motifs. All these motifs have some form of vertical movement, from bottom to top, or top to bottom, life comes from above or below, the world starts empty, the emergence of life and the multiples, or the emergence of element uh, which multiplies, and you can see this in the table in front of you. The flood motifs have evolved from the E5A motif of people coming from the earth, although no god is making them. So is there anything else this study can tell us about these motifs? Well the presence of earth diver motif at the root of the North Asian diffusion, and the presence of fruits fall from a tree, at the root of diffusion from Southeast Asia suggests a common transformation shortly after the out of Africa process. In the first study, the absence of the Earth diver motif from the reconstruction during the diffusion of myths in North America is explained by the methodological choices in analysis. In other words, as motifs unrelated to the flood were excluded from this study, uh, this is the earth diver motif as it is connected instead to the myth of the primordial ocean, with its link to the flood myths a seemingly later connection, uh, and not a permanent connection at that. The deluge and conflagration combined motif seems to have spread to both Americas in the first wave of human settlement, as it is reconstructed with the first North and South American populations. Significantly the belief in a periodic destruction of the cosmos or earth is very rare in Africa, suggesting this motif was created after the out of Africa migration. The second study reconstructs this motif only during the passage into North America, and it is not determined whether this is a relic of the first migration, or of a second migration that would have taken up the theme from pre-existing Siberian populations. Before diffusing it again into North America, we see the motif about killing or injuring or offending some water creature, triggering the deluge, was reconstructed in Southeast Asia, and it could be related to two motifs reconstructed before the out of Africa migration, and these were called mythological snakes keep water points, releasing water under only certain conditions, and mythological snakes can produce rain and or storms. And this is referenced in De Hoy's early work based on three different Kulpa, all referenced in the description below. According to Michael Witzel, this diluvian motif belongs to a very ancient stratum of mythology. Despite all the statistics around the probability of myth dispersal, and the timings of them, I have no doubt that flooding in the last 20,000 years from the melting ice from glaciers and the polar ice caps, the climate change from the Younger Dryas period alongside other meteorological events helped influence flood myths, and further motifs amongst them. However, understanding these is not the point of this video, it is to find out where the myths came from and when. And it is also interesting to see the stories of the first humans on earth, arriving from within the earth, and with no creator to make them, almost like this was a time before gods, a time in which animism probably persisted, as this would provide the belief of such an action. But as for the floods, and that is why you are here, what this research shows is that whilst a few flood myths contain motifs that are over 60,000 years old, and so, have almost certainly come from Africa with the first major dispersal of humans. These motifs were unlikely to be part of flood myths at the time of the dispersal. These motifs were attached to other stories, sometimes evolved, and then found their way into flood myths. The flood myths that were more often than not coming for Asia, and more specifically, Southeast Asia, well over 20,000 years ago, but before 60,000 years ago after the outer Africa dispersal headed towards Australia, for at this time there was no reason to have a flood myth, but there was a reason to have a creation myth, especially one around a primordial ocean. And if we think about it, this makes sense if we look at the geography of the world, and with the lower sea levels allowing migration of humans to Australia, when this migration path was made harder, with rising sea levels, it could be this, That was one of the largest influences into the start of the flood myth. But what we can be sure about is that the flood stories of Noah, or Gilgamesh, were not the original flood myths, and were nowhere near geographically to the origins of the myth. And with that I would like to say thank you for watching this video. Please hit the like button if you enjoyed it, and I would like to thank all my patrons for their support, input, and questions that help drive these videos. And with that, please stay safe and stay well. And this was Cleggenford.